0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Joshua chapter 5. We do have some notes for you. Joshua chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Again, as we continue in our series called Possessing the Land. And we'll read through Joshua chapter 6, verse 7, reading from the new King James this morning. Welcome again to all of our online congregation and those that are tuning in even by YouTube. We have a YouTube channel now. How many of you know what YouTube is? Okay, so it's all one word. If you want to look for the channel, Alaska Revival, we thought that appropriate, and uh, you can go there. All one word, Alaska Revival, go to YouTube, and there's some archived videos there, and we're looking even to stream live over that and just continuing to improve our, our, our web stream. It is remarkable to me how God is using uh, media throughout the world. How many of you know if you're holding a Bible in your hand, you're holding the media of the day? Uh, uh, when it was written, you know, the head scrolls and stuff. And thank, and I can't seem to get used to my electronic Bible. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the web. I know it's being used for evil, but it's also being used for good. And God is touching, very possibly thousands of people through the through the web stream, and especially the podcast. And uh, so we welcome all of you guys today out there in podcast streamland. Joshua chapter five. Verse 13, are you ready? And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I've now come, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he worshiped, And he said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Chapter 6 now, verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I want you to say that, see, see, I have given Jericho into your hand its king and its mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. Verse 4. Then seven priests shall bear the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets, and shall come to pass when they make a long blast of the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord." And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the Lord, before the ark of the Lord. Verse eight. So it was when Joshua had spoken to all the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant, the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests and blew the trumpets and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth. We should probably have everybody read that out loud. Anyway, let's just continue. Not a word shall proceed out of your mouth. And the day I say to you, shout, and then you shall shout. Verse 11. So we had the ark of the Lord circle the city around it once. Then they came to the camp and lodged in the camp. Joshua rose early in the morning, the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram horn before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets continued blowing. Amen. Father, we pray, God, and ask for your grace, your anointing, that you would speak to us right now In Jesus' name, may we never be the same. Amen. You may be seated. I went on and read just a little bit more than uh, was selected in your notes. Um, Again, we're in the midst of a series called Possessing the Land. We've been moving through the book of Joshua and uh, been inspired by this river-crossing, city-taking book. Have just been inspired in my walk. I've studied this before. In fact, Dr. Morocco has a, a series uh, out of the Book of Joshua that's available in our small groups. We're coming up to a new season, so we'd encourage you to be in those small groups as we prepare to let you know what they are. But I, I've gone through this book many times, and as I was studying this yesterday, I was uh, I was encouraged, and I have no doubt that you will be encouraged in your faith. Understand and know for sure that you know we live in a we live in a fallen world. We're in the midst of a great battle, and uh, it is a battle against good and evil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come that we might have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. And the key to possessing our land, and let me, defend, let me define that once again. It's uh, possessing the land. God wants us to possess the land. What does that mean? God wants us to receive every promise that he has for us. God wants us to attain every goal that he has for us. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And he wants us to fulfill it. He doesn't want us to get to heaven when it's all done and stand there and have him look at us and go, well, what happened? No, you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And it's, it's a, a walk of faith in doing that. And there are Jerichos, there are obstacles, there are problems that will come. And you really need to have God's plan on how to move through the, the, uh, the war, if I could say it that way. So the key to possessing the land is getting God's plan. Now let's look at this text. Joshua was confronted by the commander of God's army in verse 14. And uh, this, you'll notice, he stood, capital H, stood before Joshua, he didn't fit into any of Joshua's categories. Joshua says, hey, you for us or against us? And the commander of the captain of the Lord's army says, no. It's not really a definitive answer to the one that he asked. Are you for us or against us? So that, a normal answer would be, I'm for you or I'm against you. But the commander of the army of the Lord says, no. That's kind of unusual, I think. You know, we, his people, are constantly trying to put God in a box. His plan is bigger than our plan. And I've heard people say, well, God's in my corner. And I would correct you if you would say that. God's not in your corner. You're in his. I hope. Amen. He's not, in, he's not necessarily in your boat. You really need to be in his boat. I've heard people say, well, he's in my boat. Really, we need to be in God's boat. We need to be in God's corner. We need to be doing God's plan. And that's really what that says. Are you for us or against us? The answer is no. I've got my own plan. You need to be with me. you with me is the question. And uh, I think that kind of messed up Joshua. Joshua here, even from the punctuation in your Bible, where it says he stood before Joshua's capital H, Joshua encounters God as who he's encountering, I, I believe. I believe he's in having what what... Is called a theophany, a visible manifestation of God. Uh, even Jesus, a pre-incarnate Christ in the in the Old Testament. You say, how how do you how do you get that? Well, you'll notice that as this man stands before him, doesn't answer the question according to Joshua's uh, Joshua's categories. He worships him. Now, Joshua knew. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He knew the Pentateuch. He knew you weren't supposed to worship angels, okay? So he knows it's not an angel. He knows you're not supposed to worship a man. And yet, Joshua bows his face down to the ground, and he worships. He not only worships, but he calls him, my Lord. And then, uh, like Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5, God speaks to Moses, take your shoes off. The angel of the Lord, what I believe to be a pre-incarnate Christ, says... Remove your, remove your shoes for the ground that you're on is, is holy. And, and God gives his plan for the defeat of Jericho. He gives his plan for the defeat of Jericho. I want to very simply communicate to you from this text of how to get God's plan to wipe out your Jericho. How to get God's plan to, to move forward in, in destiny and in purpose. The first thing is, you got to be obeying what God already said. How many of you know, if you're not obeying what he already told you, why would he ever speak to you again? I've had people say to me, you know, I just don't feel God's presence. And frequently I've found that people don't feel God's presence or aren't walking in joy with a vibrant heart because they didn't obey the th- They have not obeyed his word. They've not obeyed him. They've not, they've not abided with him, not spent time with him. And sometimes God will give us specific instructions. And if we disobey those specific instructions, you'll find yourself listening to crickets when you pray. Lord, are you there? And it will just be like, I already spoke to you and you've not obeyed. Some folks are looking for the new plan when they haven't followed the original one. And we need to recognize, so we need to obey. We need to obey his word. We need to be living with a clear conscience before God. That's the first thing. The second thing is recognize God is willing and able to give you a plan. He wants to and he knows what he's doing. He's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knows exactly how to solve the problem. I love what one preacher said. He's got a key for every door that's locked before you in the will of God. If He has, he has a way for you, and you just need his way. Sometimes we think we know what we're doing. I frequently have found that I, I don't know. And, but God does. And God is he's willing, and he's, and he's able. He hides his plan from casual observers. He hides his plan frequently from those who are disobedient. He reveals his plan to those who obey and those who seek him, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty. It's like parables, truth hidden from casual observers, but revealed to those who really desire truth. Humble yourself. How many of you need help? Okay, that's a sign. of. If you acknowledge that, that's a sign of humbling yourself before the Lord and Humbling yourself is, a, is a, a tremendous thing. You can never go wrong with humbling yourself. If you're in an argument, just humble yourself. If you're having a problem, just humble yourself. Just go low, eat the carpet, be the one that's wrong. Come on, all you husbands, give me an amen. You'll notice in verse two, it says, I have given Jericho into your hand. I mean, you know, what could be pri- who could be prideful about that? God is the one that is giving Jericho. God is the one that has the plan. God is the one that brings about salvation, healing, deliverance. God's the one. Truly worship. Everybody say, truly worship. Truly worship. worship. Everything within you must bow before God. What you think about most is what you worship. Well, that's encouraging. What you think about most is what you worship. If you look at your bank account, I'm going to step on some toes. You look at your bank account. You look at where your, you know, you look at your check register. What do you, what do you, where, where your money is is where your heart is. Amen. You need to be careful. We need to watch out. Amen. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Praise the Lord. <laughs> live holy. Everybody say live holy. Yeah. There are things that you might be doing that'll undermine the plan of God for your life, and uh, I would highly encourage you to stop it. If you're doing things that are going to derail you, stop. Blessed is the obstacle that comes in the way of a man is, who's en route to destruction. You know, you got to believe that God will give you victory. Look at F. God, believe that God will give you victory. I mean, it's got to be quite a thing. God facing this, by the way, the walls of Jericho. Upon excavation, as I read in commentaries, about 11 feet high and uh, about 12 or 13 feet thick, it was a massive wall. It was a a city that was uh, considered really impenetrable, and yet that's the city that God brings them to to take the, the first fruit of the promised land. I love how they're all shut up. Everybody say shut up. Yeah, they're all they're all locked in there. They're terrified. They're, they're scared. They're, they're not going in or going out. Here there's this massive city and here are a bunch of you know, Jews that just came out of slavery, came out of the wilderness 40 years, walking around. They, they've crossed over the, the, uh, the Jordan and those in Jericho saw the, the parting of the Jordan and it has totally freaked them out and they were terrified. And it had come time now for the execution of God's judgment on Canaan's land. And it's fascinating to me that um, if you look in Deuteronomy in different places, that their, their sin prior to, prior to them taking the promised land, their sin had not reached its fullness, its full measure. Yeah, there, there's a place where God's got a timing for things. And it, it wasn't time for Jericho to be wiped out uh, prior to that. Of course, I believe it was 40 years prior, but God's people couldn't believe that God was bigger than the giants, and so they failed. Anyway, you've got to believe that God will give you victory. All right, executing the plan. Executing God's plan for your life. The first one is see. I had you repeat that. See and hear clearly. See and hear clearly. Verse 2 of of, uh, Joshua 6 the Lord said to Joshua, see. That is a command. To Moses and the people before the Red Sea, it was stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. Here, Joshua is saying, see. We are required, and Joshua was being commanded, see that I've given you the city. Now, wait, no, there's a, there's a huge wall there. Uh, God. Lord, there's a big wall. We've got a major problem. And, and God says to him, See, I've given you the city. He's telling him to look with the eyes of faith. Now let me just tell you the first thing. If you can't see your victory, you won't have any. If you can't see the promise, you won't have any. If you can't see the promised land, it will be impossible for you to possess it. If you're constantly looking with the carnal mind at, at, and all of the the evidence of how it's impossible. You will not walk into the promised land to possess everything that he has for you. You've got to see it done. Faith sees through impossibilities. You've got to see with eyes of faith. Job 42, 5, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I see you, says Job. It's one thing to hear about a promise. It's another thing to see it. If you can't see it, then you won't be able to possess it. You've got to see your kids delivered. You've got to see your finances healed. You've got to see your body healed. You've got to see, you know, your small group growing. You've got to, you've got to see the outpouring of the Spirit on your family. You've got to see the breakthrough. It primrose. Amen. You've got to see other retirement communities you know, being possessed by the fire of the Holy Ghost and other people being raised up. you got to see leaders. you got to see our new building. Come on, can you see the new building on the hill? Greeting people as they drive in. Can you see it? You've got to learn to see it. Yeah, there's a, a godly imagination, and eyes of faith, the eyes of your heart. You've got to see. And it was a command to Joshua, see, and his exclamation point that I've delivered. And, you, and you've got to hear clearly. You've got to see victory. You have to, but you have to hear clearly what the Lord is saying. Secondly, you've got to obey. And I think that's like exact obedience. You know, the Big Dipper, how many of you know what the Big Dipper is? I know, I mean, it's not the stars. I'm not talking about the Big Dipper. I'm a to name How many of you know who Naaman is? I call him the Big Dipper. Naaman dipped seven times in the the Jordan at the command of the Lord through his prophet. It didn't make any sense to him. Six times wouldn't have healed his leprous flesh, but the seventh time did. And the people of God here in this text could have gone around seven times, but not done exactly what the... They could have been grumbling. I love how he tells them to be quiet. Because you can imagine what they would have been saying otherwise. My feet hurt, and this is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. He has lost his ever-loving mind. He has bumped his head. You know something? I bet it's manna deficiency. You know how we had manna through 40 years? Now we haven't had it. and I feel depletion in my manna area. You know what I'm talking about? I just feel depleted. And it's that I'm having a digestive problem. We've been eating new food now in the promised land, And I just don't feel good. This is stupid. I want to sit down. They weren't allowed to talk. You know why? Because he creates the fruit of your lips. And I'm sure they'd have been grumbling and, and murmuring. They had to they had to obey exactly. And we need to obey. Amen. They had to walk by faith. Everybody say walk by faith. Amen. They walked by faith, and, and they actually walked. And at the end of that, you know, seven days and seven times around, it's a number of completion. It's a picture of finishing exactly the, what God said. They had a great miracle, and the walls of Jericho fell flat. Kind of amazing to me. I want you to say this, say God's got a plan. God's got a plan for you to fulfill your destiny and purpose. And in order for God to see the whole earth saved, he needs to touch somebody's heart, a man or woman or child. He uses people. God's method is mankind. It's amazing to me that God's method would be the likes of us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We can be so stubborn, so stiff-necked, so blind, but yet God has entrusted the greatest message that there ever will be to mankind. God's desire is that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. And he chooses us. And in the midst of that, brings about the fulfillment and the dream that he has for us, Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans and the hope and the future that he has for us. So God has a plan for you to possess the promised land. And God's plan wants is to be revealed to you, God wants to reveal to you his plan. You don't have to be ignorant of what he's called you to do. In fact, people say, I just don't know what he wants me to do. Well, the first thing, I guess, is for sure. I mean, give your heart to Jesus. If you haven't done that, that's a good start. That is the only start, I would say. And then after that, you've got to seek him and you've got to pray. But God will reveal to you his plan. There was a young man many years ago, I think it's 50 years ago, Lauren Cunningham. Has anybody ever heard of Lauren Cunningham? He is um, the founder of YWAM, Youth with a Mission. He had a, he had a vision or a dream, I forget which, of thousands of youth coming up the shores of nations and going all over the world. And he started what is called Youth with a Mission. In fact, David Morocco... Uh, Dr. Morocco's brother was on the first mission trip with Youth with a Mission. And uh, that has now, that dream has now been fulfilled in such an amazing way where God has released really the, the youth, through Youth with a Mission, into every nation on the earth. Thousands of, hundreds of thousands of young people going into missions and being used by the power of God to reach the unreached, there was uh, a story of uh, a man, Colton Wickamore-Rotney. I've told it before. How many of you heard of Colton Wickamore-Rotney. He is a, an apostolic leader. I think it's in uh, Kalala Lumpur, if I have that right. You can look him up on Google. He's written this in a book. It's a story of Sally Savior. Sally Savior is, is this person that he's looking for because God speaks to him and says, find Sally Savior. How many of you heard this story before? Find Sally Savior. He says, well, that's great. He flies on an airplane to Hawaii and does a men's meeting, and the first thing he says when he stands up in the pulpit to speak to all the men, is there a Sally Savior here? Dude, you're in a men's meeting. There ain't hopefully any, no Sally's. Well, there was no Sally Savior there. In fact, every meeting that he did, he asked for Sally Savior, and he never found her. He explained to Dr. Morocco and to others that the reason he was looking for Sally Savior was that God spoke to him, that he was going to meet this person, Sally Savior, and she would give the whole plan for what he had for what the Lord had for his life. He gets on an airplane and he flies out of Honolulu back to California. He's on the airplane and he sits down next to this lady. And the lady introduces himself herself and says, I'm Sally Savior. Well, time stopped, basically. Uh, it felt that way as they flew from Honolulu to California, as Sally Savior told him everything about his life, where he came from, what certain painful things that happened, and the plan that God had, and where he was going to plant churches, and what God would do through his, the, his life if he would trust and, and obey. And he went on and on and on, and it was like you know, just a, like a vortex, and they landed. And when they landed, the Sally Savior person said, when we get off the plane, do not turn around. He got up to get off the plane. He walked off the jetway and, 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 and never turned around. He, uh, you know, looking for bags wherever in the airport, he never saw that person again. He believes it to be an angel. Well, that plan that God gave him through this Sally Savior, which is probably an angel, Exactly has played out now. This is now thirty plus years later. Has exactly played out in the intricate detail of what God has 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 spoken to him through that really angelic visitation. You know, I I um, I'm going to take a few minutes. Uh, This is not on your notes, but you probably want to turn over your piece of paper. I'm going to take a couple minutes as I had a time of mentoring with my staff and some other leaders uh, from Mexico and from France. Kind of amazing. We had our mentoring group has gone international, and we're, we're thankful for that. let's finish your notes and then I'll just give you this. It's sort of a sermonette that that goes with it because some people just don't know how to hear. How how does God guide me? How does God direct me? How does God speak to me? I mean, I I don't get it. That's nice. Lord, can you send me Sally too? Can you send me Sally? I mean, you know, Jesus, I want his plan. Let's finish the notes here real quick. God's plan is to reveal his plan to a man of faith. And as they obey, the whole body of Christ will be blessed and impacted. And the last thing in your notes there, are success is a gift from him. I'd turn your page over and just, you want to jot some other notes on. How, how does God speak and direct to us today? God can speak to you audibly. You say, is that in the Bible? It's in the Bible. Acts 9 verse 4, Acts 23 verse 11. The apostle Paul, who was then Saul, was spoken to by Jesus audibly. God spoke through angels. You say, does God speak through angels today? I would say, absolutely right. Yes, he does. He said, well, that's kind of odd. No, we're just used to having a carnal walk. That Really, God can speak to you, speak to you through an angel. Now, let me just make it really plain. This just happened last week, uh, three days ago. Wednesday, to be exact. My, uh, my wife and I were in our living room, dining room area, and... Um, I think I came back from a meeting or something and was going to go into my, my next meeting with uh, Dr. Morocco and some of the um, United States pastors and staff. And she said, you know, God just spoke to me and gave me a plan. I said, oh, really? And she showed it to me, and it's like amazing. It's this amazing plan. We've been seeking him for, for some plans, for some things in our family, things in the church. And just real clear, one, two, three, here's what you do. Boom, boom, boom. I went into my staff meeting, staff meeting was great, and uh, came out of my staff meeting, my phone rings, and it was Pastor Bruno Fergoli. How many of you know who that is? He was here, he's got a wonderful prophetic gift, and he, he calls me, he says, hey man, I, God spoke to me, and I have a word for you. I said, okay, what is it? He said, he showed me that, that he's going to send a messenger, there's going to come messengers or angels that are going to speak to you. And give you the you've been seeking a plan for your family and for the church. And he's gonna come and he's gonna give you a real simple plan, like one, two, three, and you'll know it's from God. Now, when he's sharing that with me, I'll feel the Holy Ghost. I just think, man. I said, dude, that just happened an hour ago. He's like, awesome! And we just praise the Lord. You know, I believe that that God spoke to my wife. Very possibly, and you don't want to get all freaked. You don't want to get all freaked out. And as I told my staff, and I told those that I'm mentoring, don't ever, don't ever seek an angelic visitation. Seek Jesus. Seek the Lord. Seek to become like Him. Talk to God, and you just might have one. Don't desire to have some angelic visitation where some angel shows up and gives you a pair of colored, you know, gold glasses so you can read some special scrolls or something. Come on. There ain't no special scroll that's coming to you and you're going to need no gold glasses that nobody else can see and all that other stuff. Can somebody say amen? Yes. All right, that would be entering into some serious deception which has happened before. God can speak through angels. He spoke to Cornelius by an angel. He spoke throughout the New Testament using angels. God spoke through a trance or through a vision. These happen for me frequently. Not trances, I don't know that I've been in one, although my wife thought I was in one when she called my name about five times before I answered. That's a joke. <laughs> ha, 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 okay. Visions I have pretty frequently. I, I knew I was having them, actually when I was a kid I'd have them all the time, but I just didn't know that's what they were. You know, vision is, is when you begin to see. There's open visions when your eyes are open and you begin to see. God can direct us through all of these things. God can reveal his plan through these different modes. Can you say amen? A vision is when you're awake. Open vision is when your eyes are open. When your eyes are closed, I think that's just a normal vision. At least that's just how I define it. It can come through dreams. Trances, I don't think I've had a trance. But there are those in history that you can read about uh, in scripture of course but uh, in modern day Maria Woodsworth Edder is a famous one how many of you know who that is she was a revivalist and uh, she froze in the pulpit for three days it's recorded in history they had newspapers come and check her out she froze like this can you imagine if I was preaching and I just froze and you know people come to try to wake me up or something like did her and they fall out in the Holy Ghost you just froze her I mean, what would you do the rest of the service? Uh, uh, Pastor Alex would stand up. Uh, Pastor, uh, you be. Uh, <laughs> uh, Minister Micah come to the piano. Um, uh, ushers, you can pick the guy up and he walks. Uh, they carry him off to his office. I mean, three days is a long time. No water. I mean, she was breathing. She comes out of that. I mean, they come and watch her. Newspapers come. You know, freak Pentecostal is frozen behind her pulpit. Whatever. And we could just see the. The newspaper, you know. She came out of that and she had a vision of heaven and revival broke out. I think it was in Chicago. This is history, people. This happened. So God can use a trance. God can speak by his spirit, of course, or word of knowledge. Everybody say word of knowledge or an inner word, an inner, in your knower, you know that God spoke to you, an inner word, an inner witness. Uh, through the discerning of spirits is another way that God can reveal his plan, speak to you, and guide us, and direct us, and lead us. And we said, I'm being led by the Lord. Well, really, how is he doing that? I'm being led in his plan. Well, how is he actually leading you? You, you should break it down and ask. Because if you just have a, a, a little idea in your heart, I think that you should have some more concrete than that. You should know how God is leading you. How is God leading you? Is there a word that he gave you in Scripture? Is there a prophet that came us another way, a prophet? Is there a dream or a vision that you had? Um, did, 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 you, did you have some encounter with God like my wife had? Uh, and I believe it was a, a messenger, an angel. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Who cares? I mean, somebody would be like, I've had people be so hyper-spiritual. An angel of the Lord just, just came and just, just talked to me. I mean, I don't want to mock that, but sometimes I think people are telling stories. We don't know who they are. But when you see a life not changed, no victory, no breakthrough, no plan, no fulfillment, and, and it just goes on in hyper-spiritualism with no fruit, you got to go, oh, well, I know. There's nobody like that here, and you don't know anyone like that maybe, but that is true. That does happen. God spoke through counsel is another way. Oh, that's good. There's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Let me conclude as our worship team comes. God desires us to move in his plan. God desires us to to not walk around ignorant. There are Jerichos before us, and as we move to possess the promised land, he'll show you exactly how to do it. I just come back from Jamestown and from Williamsburg, and my wife just finished reading this book called 1776 and we read some of that together it's amazing the the battle plans of of George Washington he seemed to slip away in the night every time and a little bunch of ragtag revolutionaries were able to overcome the strongest nation in the world really by an act of God there is no other way and I believe that God gave George Washington a plan and God gave Colton Wickham Rotney a plan. I believe he gave Lauren Cunningham a plan. I believe he gave Dr. James Morocco a plan. I believe he has given us a plan and he'll give you a plan and you can see it. Everybody say, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it. See, the Lord has given you, Jericho. See, I have given, you've got to see now faith is confident assurance of what you cannot see that's in the natural you have to be able to see with eyes of faith can you say amen stand up on your feet won't you come on just ask God right now to reveal his plan to you hallelujah and his plan his plan changes you know God doesn't just give you a through Z He'll give you A, B, C maybe, and as you follow through on A, B, C, then you get D. And you know, I have so many times just wanted A to Z. He's like, no, you be faithful. I'll give you the next step, and then the next step. Come on, just ask God right now for fresh revelation. Release to us revelation. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, reveal reveal your plan to us. Show us your plan. How to overcome that obstacle, that problem, that trial. Lord, how to move through into possessing all that you have for us. God, thank you. Praise you. Glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Two more things we want to do. We want to receive communion as it's the first Sunday of the month, so ushers, would you assist us? And as they're coming, let's just, let's worship. See the elements and when everybody's served we'll take communion together just examine your heart. Repent for the areas that you've fallen short in. God, we examine our hearts before you. We ask you to examine us, to know us, to search us through and through. You know our rising up. You know our setting down. Lord, we repent for where we've fallen short, where we might have grieved you, not heeded your voice. Forgive us for where we might not have obeyed even precisely. Lord, we we ask you to forgive us now wrong thoughts attitudes motives we repent and we're thankful lord for your blood that washes us and cleanses us It's with the shedding of blood that comes forgiveness of sin you shed your sinless blood on the cross of calvary that we might be washed and cleansed you were bruised our transgressions you were pierced the chastisement that brought us peace was upon you as it says in Isaiah 53 on the night that you were betrayed you took the bread and you broke it and you took the cup and you blessed it and you said this is my body which is broken for you and this is the cup of my blood and the new covenant as often as you do this as you eat and drink as often as you do this you do this in remembrance of me So, Lord, we remember that you died and you rose again. And we remember this by your stripes for you, And we remember, God, that we're washed from all of our sin, our iniquity, and our transgression by the blood of Jesus. And we remember that you are coming back for your church. And we receive and declare these things in your mighty name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. on, just thank him right out loud. Lord, thank you. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank him right out loud. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, God Almighty. Thank you for making the way, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Amen. Take someone by the hand. Pastor, what about our missions offering? We're going to receive missions on the second Sunday of the month. Uh, From now on, we're just going to change things around. It's just a a lot to do missions and communion. And so uh, if you'd anticipate that for next week, and we've got missionaries that depend on us, we'll receive our missions offering next Sunday. Is that okay? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, what you're going to do. Lord, we thank you for KC Primrose, Lord. Anoint the team there this morning as they go and preach and teach your word. Lord, anoint us as we go out in the mission field of Alaska and the Matsu Valley. Bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We will hope to see you tonight, six o'clock. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.